What is up, Charleston basketball fans? I am so glad you are here with us today. I say this on a lot of episodes, but today in particular, you can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. I am so excited to chat CFC hoops this week. Not only are the Cougars hosting the University of North Carolina, but it will be a battle of the unbeatens because the college is 3-0. and We've got to talk about a jam-packed opening weekend of the Pat Kelsey era, the crowds, the pace, the star power, guys like John Meeks and Brendan Tucker. How does this all set up for the collision course between Charleston and North Carolina, something the fans were chanting at TD Arena? To help me break it all down, we are bringing in a ringer, someone who has donned the Charleston uniform, one of our favorite guests on this podcast, Mr. Harrison Bowne. If you enjoyed yourself this past weekend, maybe it was your first taste of CFC Hoops, we want to bring you into the party. Subscribe to the podcast, tell all your friends, follow us on social media, give us a shout out on social media on Tuesday. I will be at the game, Harrison's going to be at the game, it's going to be a great time, we'd love to hear from you. But we have so much to talk about, I'm going to stop the chit chat, let's get into today's show. All right, Charleston basketball fans, we finally have some games to recap, bringing back to the podcast our good pal, Harry Bound, HB, what's going on man, how you doing? How we doing? Uh, great to be back on here. Looking forward to another good year of uh, Cougars basketball. We're off to a, a heck of a start. Dude, the dream is alive. The, I was hoping for 3-0 and going into the UNC game. And not only did we get the 3-0, and but we also get like very solid, impactful fan support. I think the atmosphere on Tuesday is going to be out of control. Yeah, I, it's been absolutely impressive seeing the fans. I think that's kind of what we anticipated really when we hired Coach Kelsey was kind of bringing those fans back and getting more student interaction. And obviously we've seen what he's done on, on social media and around campus, and it, it's working. And it's been great to, to see TD Arena buzzing again, and especially after a year where we could only have like a 1,000 fans. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun seeing those games so far. Yeah, it's been awesome. I'm just glad to be recapping actual on-court activity, not projecting <laughs> anything, not looking at preseason polls. Like we actually have a, a viable product that we can we can discuss. So I want to dive right into it. Let's start with the SC State game. Just discussed. Crowd, awesome. Student section, awesome. Haven't seen it that packed. I don't think I've seen it that packed since like the Gowdlock days. I don't know if we've had yeah. an overflowing student section even in like the Chile Brantley Riller days unless it was a really big game but to come out like that for the season opener really awesome um and the Cougars fed off that 19-0 start never really looked back never really tested by SC State what were your takeaways from that game yeah I, I was really impressed with the start um I, I think a big thing for me is like we know South Carolina State's not necessarily a, a, a great program historically and you would anticipate coming in this game that CFC you know, should blow them out. But first game of the year, you never know how things are going to gel offensively and defensively. And you're always wondered, like, are we actually going to beat the teams we should, how we should beat them? And that's what was so impressive is, like you said, you get off to a 19-0 lead to start the game. I mean, that's as, as good of a start as you can have, period, against any team. Um, and that's yeah. what impressed me so much about this this team, especially in that game, was there was never a moment where it didn't feel like CFC was playing to the level that they should play to. Um, and I think that's really important for a first game, but obviously, you know, carrying on throughout the season. So that was just really, really impressive to me to see how 
fast and hot they came out to play because obviously we've discussed it on this podcast over the last couple of years of games where we felt like we should have won and we just really came out slow and, and didn't have energy and then games where even we came back and won but it took a whole half for us to get in the groove of the game so it was great to see us from the tip you know everybody's out there playing well you know moving the ball offensively getting out quick and running the floor and then obviously holding them to zero points for the first couple minutes which is really really impressive yeah Literally, it was both ends. I mean, I think yeah. they started with a shot clock violation. SC State didn't even get the, get the ball up that first possession. And then Meeks had it going early. And then Tucker came in off the bench and, and really turned it on. I want to go back to the, the tip, though. The starting five was not who I expected. Um, I was expecting the veterans. I was expecting Tucker and Smart to be there for sure. And not only did we get an all-newcomer starting five, we got two freshmen, two true freshmen in it with, with Faye and with Smith. What did you think of the starting five and how they gelled together? Yeah, I, I'm like you. I was shocked. I didn't expect that to be the starting five at all. Um, but obviously, that's the reason they're coaching and we're not. They end up winning 106 to, to 74. But I was really impressed with, with all the guys. I thought they gelled really well. Um, I thought Smith was, was really impressive and seems to have a really good, consistent three-point shot. And then Faye, you know, you kind of look at him and, and see him as a, a project in a way. But, man, he's long. He's quick. And he doesn't seem to try to do too much that's kind of out of his wheelhouse. And so I thought they gelled really well. Obviously, Meeks is, is what makes them go. And, and having the ball in his hand a lot, I think, is huge for us. He's a really good decision maker. He can shoot. He can get to the rim. Um, and then Lampton's length is obviously you know big for us being in, in the conference we're in and, and playing some of these teams. But I, I was, I'm like you, shocked at the, the starting five that he went with. But I thought they gelled really well. And and I, and I liked having, you know, a guy like uh, Bowen and Tucker come off the bench and, and play big minutes and um, bring a lot to this team. So I uh, I was impressed with, with the starting five, and I was impressed with really the whole roster, man. And we went, what, was 11 or 12 deep. I guess we ended up getting the walk-ons in two, so playing the whole roster in the, in the first game. But yeah, even in the in the thick of the game, I mean, he was everybody was coming in and out and playing minutes and, and seemed to, to give this team some juice. So it was, it was good to see. Tucker didn't even come in until that third wave of subs. I think first off the bench was Smart, Bolin, and maybe Burnham. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then Tucker came in a little bit later. And, like, Brendan Tucker turning into Andrew Gowdelock all of a sudden is not something <laughs> I had on my bingo sheet. But, dude, what do you shoot, 78% on threes this, for these first three games? It's out of, out of control. I was just going to say, at one point last night, Bart and I looked at each other, and Bart goes, he's got to be shooting 80% from three-point line right now. And I was like, he's, I mean, it's got to be something. On plenty like, of attempts. So, yeah, I mean, he's – and that's what's been awesome about this offense is, like, you saw it in the South Carolina State game, and it's it's a, it's a blowout win. You're up 19-0 to start the game. So, you're like, oh, okay, like, the offense is meshing. Sometimes things just click like that, and you and you beat a team that you're better than, where, where yeah. offense is clicking and you're hitting big shots. But he carried it throughout the whole weekend. I mean, it was like – when he was taking a three, it was it was going in, <laughs> and, um, and the offense was great at moving the ball and hitting him when he's open. And I kind of, as I was watching the offense that first game and watching them hit some the threes, especially Tucker, I kind of thought back to the podcast you had with with Coach Kelsey early in the year, where he's talking about you know getting those right. corner threes and where he likes to get uh, shots and playing quick and and everything he kind of talked about they manifested and did in the game. So it was really impressive to watch. How wild was it watching this team, watching a Charleston team shoot a transition three? I feel like that was never going to uh, happen I mean, under Coach Grant. The quick trigger every, was 
and everybody, you know, you there's like a running joke on Twitter of you know college basketball player coaches saying like, "Hell, we want to play fast." You know, we're going to play fast, and no one ever seems to actually do it. This team, I mean, they played fast. I mean, it was up and down, quick. Um, and like you said, I mean, if you had a good shot, you had an open three, you were letting it fly. Um, so it was it was awesome to watch that, and they they truly played fast, took those transition threes, and and that's why I think the crowds were the way they were for for all three yeah. games entertaining brand of basketball it was a it was a very long game I think the first two or three games have been like in terms of total time very long I think there's a ton of free throws in in that SC State game which I want to touch on and then the Lipscomb game there was the issue with the rim so credit to the students for staying for like three hour basketball games Uh, that was good on them I have to touch on Babacar Fai Fay. I'm going to keep going back and forth on on the pronunciation (laughs) Yeah, I knew he was a project as well, but how about the sequence he had where he recovered the ball on one baseline and then took two dribbles from half court and Euro stepped for the and one? Wild. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's you, you watch him, and when we watched practice kind of throughout the, the preseason and fall, you know, that was a guy they kept touching on. I remember we were at, I think, like the first practice he was there for, like right when he got into town. Um, and they even mentioned, like, watch this guy. Like, he's, you know, he's a project, but he's going to be really good. Um, but uh, you know, you weren't expecting him to start. You weren't expecting him to go out and, and, you know, give the kind of contribution he had. But like you said, a play like that, I mean, that's what a guy like him can bring to the table, especially as a freshman, which is, I mean, you can't teach length, you can't teach athleticism and he's got it. But like I said earlier, he, he's great at not seeming to like force too much. You know, he had a couple times yeah. that he, you know, was left wide open in the corners Well, he's clearly not you know comfortable shooting and not necessarily a consistent three-point shooter so he drove to the rim got people open or finished at the rim so that's what was impressive with him is a lot of young guys seem to you know just kind of jack shot even if it's not their you know shot he was playing within the system and then making some pretty spectacular plays like that so i'm pretty excited of, of to what he can bring this team and and what he can bring his program moving forward i think everett or danny said it on the broadcast He's going to get to the point maybe by conference play where he just starts detonating on people because he yeah. he he can make the athletic plays. There's a couple of times he laid it up through contact when I think a year from now he's going to he's going to yam it on somebody cuz oh. he oh, yeah. he can do things on the court that we haven't seen a Charleston player do in a long long time, maybe since Ajay Baru. Well, and we've we've seen the, you know, the physical transformation that the strength team has done with a couple of the guys. I mean, yep. he's only a freshman. You mean you think about six, eight, 12 months from now, what, what he's going to look like physically. And that's going to be a, a huge difference maker going forward. Yep. So we already mentioned Meeks, 19 points, super efficient, seven for 11 from the field, two for three from three, only played about 20 minutes. Brendan Tucker, 17 points in 17 minutes, quite an efficient game from him, four for five from deep. Again, this is a guy who shot, I think like 25% from three his freshman year and maybe like shot 30% overall last season. So props to Kelsey, who mentioned to me that he's made a lot of progress, but I, I didn't think we'd see it shooting. I thought, you know, maybe he'd become a better finisher. Maybe he'd learn to like stop and go a little bit better, but the shooting from deep totally transforms his game because he already has that first step. Yeah. Um, now he's turning into like a real threat from deep. It's It's been awesome to watch. And that's one thing that the whole coaching staff had mentioned when we'd watch practice and we even saw it while we were there is, uh, these guys were, I mean, staying after. They are talking about how they're all coming in on the weekends and that they've all bought in to, to getting that extra work up and getting extra shots in. And and uh, it's clearly paying off. I mean, you, you, you hang 106 your first night and you end up shooting 
think 35, close to 35%, 36% from three point range that first night. I mean, that's, you don't, you don't just magically do that. And it's not like you go down our roster and immediately think to yourself like, Oh, we're just full of great shooters, but they've clearly put the work in and Brandon Tucker is, you know, flipped into, like you said, Gal Walker, Steph Curry mode. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully that continues all year. Cause I mean, if he's shooting and playing like that, whether he slides into the starting lineup or continues to come off the bench, I mean, that's a huge thing to have on this team. Yeah, I don't think he's going to maintain the 70% from three. But if he can <laughs> if he can turn into a, a 40% three-point shooter, it's going to really open things up for, for Charleston. Um, yeah. I mentioned the length of the game. Charleston did put South Carolina State on the line 40 times, which stood out to me. It seemed as the game was going on that we were fouling a lot. I kind of chalked that up to first game of the season. You know, some of these raw guys in the starting lineup like Fi and, and Lampton still need to learn to to defend without fouling. So that's maybe an area of improvement. Obviously, there's some turnovers, some bad shots, but I think these are correctable errors for the most part. What about you? Yeah, I definitely think so. And you've also got to remember, these are, for a lot of these officials, their first game of the year. So they're going to continue to call it differently as well. You know, the fouls that they're calling in that game aren't going to be called, you know, come conference time. Um, so there's definitely a little bit of that. And then, like you said, some of the turnovers, bad shots, and just first game where you're, you know, you're not in the right place at the right time. So you're a second late, you know, rotating on defense or you're a second late trying to dig out that dribble on the drive. So there's, I, I think that's definitely correctable. It's not something I'm terribly worried about. Um, I don't think we're going to have, a, you know, a ton of fouls throughout the year. But the way that they play defense and watching how aggressive they are and how aggressive Coach Kelsey has said he wants to be, um, you know, I think that's something that can be at risk at times just because we are trying to get skills and quick buckets and get out and run. So um, I think that that will be fine moving forward as we kind of settle into the season and um, especially as the rest do too and you get in the conference play where less things are getting called and it gets a little more physical. Yep. So Charleston never really tested in this one. You mentioned up at the top, the walk-ons get to play. All in all, pretty ideal opener do you have anything else from this one or do you want to move on no i mean i think that's like you said an ideal opener you hang 106 i don't know when the last time we scored 100 points was um but whatever the kick a chicken or raising canes challenge was they definitely met at that game yeah um, they gotta, they gotta was, increase that yeah yeah they're gonna they're gonna definitely have to increase it the uh sponsors are gonna be coming coming after cfc for that um but it was it was a great game great atmosphere i thought coach kelsey after the game talking about the students being as tactful as they were, I thought that was huge. That was awesome. Um, I mean, they were great. Like, it was – I walked in, I was at the game with my wife, and she immediately turns to me and she was like, is this what the crowd was like when you played here? And I was like, well, maybe like once or twice a year. Uh, but I don't even know if we ever had like a home opener that had a crowd like that. You know, I mean, it's – not to hate on South Carolina State, but it's like that's not like a game that most college kids are like, oh, I'm going to go to the CC game and play in South Carolina State. I think, you know, I think and, it's all the work Kelsey put in this fall, rallying yeah. students and student organizations to be there. Yeah, it, it definitely it felt different, and it was awesome. Um, and I can't tell you how many fans and donors I ran into that were just like, "Man, this is this is awesome! Like, this is going to be a fun year." So, um, I think it's going to be a great season, and that was a a great way to to start off. Yeah, let's move on to that Lipscomb game. Very different game. Charleston does not start this game off quickly. Much more bucket for bucket early on. Lipscomb goes up. I think seven or nine points in the first half. You definitely saw some tired legs, I thought, from the Cougs. Saw it early, saw it late. 
Uh, Lipscomb did not play the day before, which was evident pretty early on. But still, to pull away, and I thought this was, you know, the most telling detail. When's the last time Charleston shot 36 from the field and still scored 86 points? Like, nothing against the Earl Grant administration. He had his style of play. But to put up 86 when we don't have a great shooting night at all just shows you how many possessions the Cougars are playing, and they were able to get stops when they needed to at the end of this game and, and pull away. Well, that and, I mean, you're talking about coming in um, after playing a big game where, yeah, everybody played, but it's your first game of the year. It's emotional. It's a long game. Sent them to the free throw line a lot. And it's you're, you're right back at it less than 24 hours later. I mean, that's impressive to come out and hang 86 like that. You know, you're always worried about tired legs, even at the beginning of the season. But that was really impressive to see how they came out and, and were able to play offensively and kind of grind out a win there at the end, you know, to give up a lead and then to, to keep battling and, and win it. Um, I thought showed a lot of uh, a lot of good things for this team early on in the season. This game, I started to see maybe why the starting five was who it was. Meeks got taken down to the block one on one a couple times, and it was having a really tough night defensively. And you definitely saw the tired legs from him late in the game until he had that kind of put away dunk. But if you pair Meeks with defenders like Underwood, Lampton, and Fye, then you have his scoring output. You mentioned the team kind of orbits around him as as the primary scorer, but then you have these defensive players with length who can kind of make up for maybe what he's lacking defensively. And I thought you, you see the balance in the starting five. I also thought the offensive rebounding really saved Charleston in this game, um, plus the turnovers they had on Lipscomb, but just those extra buckets they got, even when the, uh, the shots weren't falling, were pretty critical. Yeah, I, I felt the rebounding all weekend, and especially in this game, was huge for, for CFC. And that, like you said, I think that's where we kind of started to see why starting lineup was the way they were, to have that extra length in there. Um, and that's going to be huge because, like you said, I mean, we in a way, you know, having Meeks play that point forward, um, we are like somewhat undersized and susceptible to somebody backing down. And, and if we can consistently have somebody in there, whether it's OC or, or Lampton, helping kind of anchor the defense and bringing that length, I think it'll be huge for us. I, I just mentioned Demetrius Underwood. He had a really nice game, game two. He reminds me a little bit of Peyton Holsey. I was worried after his first game, you know, maybe the D3 to D1 transition was going to be a little tougher on him. He seemed to be pressing a little bit. But in this one, he had 13 points, six rebounds, five assists. Yeah. Pretty solid night all around. He doesn't wow you with any shooting displays or anything like that, but just really solid all-around player I, I i liked what i saw from underwood yeah he, he i think peyton holmes is a great um comparison also he kind of reminds me in a way of of anthony thomas at times um oh, yeah. just having that, guy that who length. Be like five 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 yeah exactly and and he looks like he's going to be a pretty good defensive player for us especially when you're you know getting into the meat of the schedule and you need a guy that's going to be able to guard some bigger guys but also some some shorter and quicker guys so um, I, I think him being able to bring such you know such a diverse aspect to this team and rebounding and defense, being able to push the ball. Obviously, he's not a, doesn't seem to be a great shooter. Not really going to take a lot of threes, but we've got guys on the team that can do that. So, I think he's going to be a, a, a big key X factor for us moving forward, especially with uh, the Bowen injury looking to be significant amount of time that he'll miss. So, I think he'll be a, a huge huge asset to this team going forward. Yeah, let's let's talk about Bolin because he did kind of bail Charleston out in this game in the second half. 15 points. Uh, he was not the leading scorer, but John Meeks at, at 16 points was only 6 for 19 from the field. 
um, and had three turnovers. But Bullen, like Underwood, he seemed to be a little shaky in that first game. But this one, you saw why he was a 50-40-90 shooter uh, last season at the Division II level. Energy off the bench, great defensive plays, shot it when he was open. We we were talking before we jumped on here. You were really impressed by just the way the team played when he was on the court, right? Yeah, I mean, he he just seemed to kind of make the offense just mash. And obviously on defense, he's, you know, I know he called himself Psycho D. I mean, he was crazy. I mean, he's flying on the floor and active and talking. And you can just tell that he brings that to that team. But offensively, it was really impressive because, you know, he he just never seemed to, like you said, the first game felt like he was pressing a little bit. Second game, didn't really feel like he was forcing too much, kind of letting it come to him. But I was so impressed with, you know, he he hit some open shots, but then he also wasn't afraid to put the ball on the floor and and take good pull-ups or put the ball on the floor and kick out. I don't know, just the way the offense meshed when he was in the game, I thought was really impressive. There's so many times when you bring a guy off the bench and they're either afraid to shoot or, you know, attack, or they're attacking and shooting too much. And that's what you're always worried about. Somebody's trying to, you know, come in and, and provide that spark and press too hard on it. Whereas with him, it kind of just feels like he made everything run really, really smooth. And obviously knowing that he's a great shooter, that's a, a huge part that I think we're going to miss going forward. But like you, like you just mentioned, I think he really kind of helped save us there in the second half of the game. Yep, he, he was pretty critical. Brennan Tucker had another nice game three for four from three again hard hard to believe this is the same guy as, as the last two seasons um, but his 13 points were big we haven't mentioned the freshman too much um rain smith and ben burnham i guess we'll save them for the for the third game especially burnham who had a really nice game and, and smith was great in uh, the season opener burnham was really impressive in that third game um and obviously we'll talk about it but i just watching all three of these games that where these freshmen are, I think is really good. And the upperclassmen having these transfers that have that much experience to pair with them, that to me kind of showed in this game. Because obviously it's not a team that's been together for a long time. And so you had a little bit of a hiccup where all of a sudden your your leads, you know, cut down and it's late in the second half. And the guys, I thought, just came up really, really big, especially some upperclassmen like Bowen and saving us where they meshed with those freshmen to make some big plays and, and win it down the stretch. Yeah, the, how about the the senior transfers who I thought were maybe besides Meeks maybe nice to have supporting guys, but Underwood, Bolin have have also been really really solid. Maybe some of our best players. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about Bolin uh, here in this next game. But do you have anything else from from Lipscomb? No, that's that's pretty much it. Great win, you know, day after you've had a a big emotional first win of the season. So that was a, another impressive game from the Cougs. And then we move on to the third game in three days, which. These aren't the toughest opponents, but that's a dicey risk to take as a, a new coach. The the three games in three days format, even the Charleston Classic and those ESPN events, you get one day in yeah. between. I think you get that Sunday off. So tough uh, first three games as a head coach with no little to no prep time and very little rest. Obviously, again, you saw fatigue in this one, but fortunately, Loyola couldn't hit anything. I don't know if all of it was the Charleston defense, especially in the first half, though. They had some wide open shots that they just couldn't hit, and even some shots at the rim that weren't going in for them. But the the biggest thing for me was um, Bolin's injury. I think he could have been our third best player. You're thinking who's going to be the the guy after Meeks and Tucker. Um, so that injury definitely stings. Um, but what what did you take away from the Loyola game? I know you were there. 
Yeah, I, again, the the bowling injury stings a lot because I do think he was going to be a huge piece for us off the bench. Kind of almost reminiscent of like the Danny Green moments off of the old UNC team when they were so good and him coming off the bench and giving you know big time minutes. Uh, just felt like a guy who's going to come in and be able to give you eight to ten points and play great defense and move the offense. So losing him to me was probably the biggest storyline of the game, just because it seems like he's going to be out for a significant amount of time possibly the year so that's that's a huge yeah. loss obviously tucker looked great again going three for five from three point line and and putting up 20 points and he was electric in some of the plays he was making and then burnham was really impressive yeah um, yeah tell me what you thought of burnham your fellow big man it just feels like it's been forever since we've had a guy that has good hands around the basket and that can just kind of catch a bounce pass or a drop off pass and go up and dunk it like he's kind of sneaky athletic and it's, it's almost, I mean, obviously he doesn't have the frame that Trent Wiedemann had, but he kind of reminds me of Trent just from okay. a standpoint of like Trent was so good at a young age at CFC of like just catching these little drop off or bounce passes and, and dunking the ball and attacking the offensive glass. I like and, that and, comp. And, you know, obviously Burnham seems like he's a little more athletic. He's going to play a little more on the wing, but just that ability to, to attack the rim and finish, I thought was really impressive from him come off and give us 11 points and i think it, he, i think he's gonna have to be a key for us moving forward especially if if bowling's out and you got to slide burnham maybe into that type of role obviously doesn't seem to be as good of a shooter as, as dalton is but i think uh he was really impressive uh in that game for soil and i think he's gonna have to have a a bigger role moving forward now he looked a little wild-eyed in that first game i think he maybe had like an air ball or hit the bottom of the rim on some shots but he plays hard. He runs fast. So I was glad to see him get rewarded with, you know, some highlight level plays. I think both both of his dunks came off passes from Meeks too. Yeah. So we're seeing like weird wrinkles in this offense, like high low passing and big to big passes and stuff like that that we haven't seen in a while. Well, and it, it, when, you're, when you're watching the games, it doesn't look like Virginia per se that runs the same sets or UNC that runs kind of the same up screen down screen. It it feels like it's this you know four out one in and the guys are not playing street ball but they're kind of free to move and do and drive and kick as they want but it's obviously coaches and coach Kelsey have done a great job in installing the system because it never really gets too crowded like very few times do you see the guys like lost as to where they're at or going one on five I mean think how many times in the last couple of years we've seen one on five drive kick out brick three or you know, shot clock violation or whatever. So it was awesome to see an offense just kind of gel and these guys be willing to share the ball and pass to each other. And a guy like Meeks, who you would think is more of like this, like small forward, power forward guy playing point forward and not forcing it, getting into the rim, drop off to burn him for a dunk or kick out somebody for a three. So it's been really impressive just to see Coach Kelsey's offense at work and also this team seemingly meshing the way they are. I mean, you go 106, 86, and 79, back-to-back games he's 79 points on a third night in a row is, is pretty damn impressive so yeah. uh that was that was impressive for me to see and then obviously down the stretch we fouled a little bit too much and gave them a chance to kind of come back in it I mean like you said they couldn't buy a basket they had a chance to hit a three and cut it to like a three or four point game there right at the end that was had a 10 point lead with like a minute left and so that's one of those things where you gotta learn how to hey it's 10 points minute left let's put them away hit a couple free throws don't foul within this thing but uh, they found a way to win, you know, bend but don't break. And and uh, a third straight win in back-to-back-to-back days is really impressive. And iced from the line by Brendan Tucker, who I must say, again, 
was like a 40% free throw shooter his freshman yeah. year, his true freshman season. And he goes on to win event MVP. Very well deserved. One last thing on what you were saying about some of the passing. Famir Ali is still figuring it out. And I think he's he's not quite the shooter that maybe he, he needs to be just yet, but he's yeah learning on the fly. He's still really young. But some of the passes he's delivered... Like, the one that got me was the Instagram video of him no-looking that pass to OC. It's been a while since we've seen, like, a true pick-and-roll point guard or someone who can just find that open rolling big man right under the basket. I've really loved that element of the offense when when it shows up. And it's felt like it's been a while since we've had a big man who can catch and finish. You know, it feels like we haven't had, you know, like a a Kaycock-type guy at UNCW. And it kind of feels like, Burnham and, and Lampton and even OC kind of in this this new system feels like they're going to be able to do more pick and roll. Um, and even with Meeks, like it's the way his offense seems to be set up is like anybody can kind of pick and roll and drive. And so I think it's going to be really, really impressive uh, moving forward, having the passers and the ball handlers that we have and then having some of these bigger guys that can shoot but also finish at the rim. Yeah, man. I mean, I said it at the top. 3-0 and was best case scenario. And one's a blowout, two we pull ahead late, but every game was a little bit different, slightly different guys kind of stepping up. We had, we didn't even mention Nick Farrar, who seems to be worked in slowly as well, but he gave some good minutes in that SC State game, and he's probably going to be someone we have to lean on a little bit more now that Bowen's injured. Um, but big takeaways from me, I think this team, aside from the pace, I think they're going to be a very good rebounding team. I was yeah. ready to talk about like how many threes they're shooting and how you know up tempo they are but the rebounding's been really solid there's been times where there's four or five guys in white jerseys pulling pulling a rebound out and fighting each other for it so that was something unexpected um i already mentioned that the transition threes being something i'll have to get used to great length but have to learn to defend without fouling so much did you have any other general takeaways from all three games no, I, I think you're spot on with the rebounding. That that was really impressive to me, and that's going to be huge. And, you know, I think sometimes you, you start to think that when a team plays as fast as they are and is committed to getting up down the court shoot threes, that maybe they're not as disciplined on the offensive or defensive glass, but it, it doesn't seem to be that case, at least three games in. I mean, they were rebounding really well. I was just really impressed with what the freshman brought to the team. And then Meeks, as much as he handled the ball, we obviously talked about all the other guys, and it goes without saying when you look at stat line and watch the games like Meeks was was dominant he was arguably the best player on the floor all three nights but it was really impressive watching him play and his ability to not force it and obviously it looked like he had a little bit of tired legs versus Lipscomb but he's just so good coming off the screens and he, knowing when to pull up when to dish you know getting to the rim and then PJ Tucker or PJ Tucker uh mm-hmm. Brendan Tucker just going off for three straight days so that's that's probably the, the three biggest takeaways I had from from uh the weekend speaking of Meeks I think there is the potential for Kelsey to roll out an all left-hander five <laughs> with Smith, Meeks, and I, forget, I think Ferrar's left-handed. I want to see that deployed at some point in the season <laughs> just to see how a, how a defense would react. But no, Meeks is um, what we expected. He's very polished, yeah. can score from anywhere, showed his three-point range, pretty athletic. So really, really glad he, he ended up in Charleston. Well, then let's look ahead. Let's talk about the the game everybody's talking about. You are the resident Tar Heel expert. I have not watched any of them this season. Give me the the rundown on, on this year's UNC team. 
I'll tell you, man, I think they're a very underrated UNC team. Obviously, they're 19th in the country, so it's not like they're, you know, off the map completely. But you know, they're voted, I think, third in the ACC going into the year behind, I think, Florida State and Duke. Um, but if you look at the pieces this team has, I think as they mesh down the stretch, this is a team that could be in the conversation to make a deep run into March. I don't know if it's a Final Four team necessarily yet, but – you look at all the pieces they have, and I think they can be really, really dangerous. And um, I don't—I didn't know if you could play any faster than Roy Williams like to play, but it seems like they're playing just as fast. But one thing I took away from from watching both their games this weekend is their intensity on the defensive side of the ball. Not that Roy didn't coach defense well, but it feels like they've actually bought into playing defense a little harder and flying around a little more, not just get the ball out and run. Um, so I think it's uh I think it's a really good Tar Heel team. I think it's going to be a really fun matchup because if you go down and look at the stats and watch the two teams play, it looks like these two teams could have a real barn burner. And I, I don't know that UNC is going to come in and like blow us out or anything. I mean, I'm watching CFC play, I, I feel like we've got the talent and play with the type of pace that we can we can hang with them. I was going to say for a while there, it sounded like you were making the case for the Tar Heels to win this game. <laughs> then you you kind of swerved and saved yourself at the end there. The last time the Tar Heels came to Charleston, we know what happened. Hubert Davis, this is his first road game, right? Yep. Yep, first road game. And, I mean, you look at those, the games versus Brown, like they, they really struggled putting Brown away. And Brown's The old uh, Wojcik <laughs> revenge game, <laughs> yeah. that Brown game. Exactly. And Brown's not necessarily thought of as, like, one of the powerhouses in the Ivy League. So I love Charleston's ability to play fast this year, and I think that that's going to be a huge – huge key uh in this game going against Star Hill. who are the players on unc we need to look for so the one that probably worries me the most is uh armando baycott i just don't know that we have anybody that can really match up with him he's, he's a big old boy i mean he is all of 610 and probably 265 um and, he, and he's got a decent little mid-range jumper but most of his damage is going to be done in the paint especially on the offensive glass and so that's that's going to be huge for us um, as good as we rebounded you know the last three days we're going to have to keep him off the glass that's going to be to me their biggest guy in this game just because of how good he is in the post and and offensively rebounding and then Caleb Love who kind of came on at the end of the year last year for them and played really well he's a really unique player I mean he can shoot it he can get really hot but he can get to the rim I mean he's he's your kind of high major version of Brendan Tucker the way he's played the last three games so he's a guy that can really make this team go but then Kerwin Williams is a good shooter RJ Davis is a good shooter I mean they, they they're loaded with talent as they should be because they're UNC but Baycott and Love really really make that team go would not be a good time for Brendan Tucker to cool off I'll say no. that if he, can, if he can if he can keep the momentum he built in three days up that would be clutch Rain Smith yeah, if you want to sink a couple threes as well, that would help. But I think OC and Lampton, who both fouled out in the opener, and then OC fouled out in the second game, going to need big, big defensive nights from those two guys. And yeah. if we could get a surprise performance or two from, you know, the Burnham or the Ollies or the Underwoods, it's going to be a competitive game, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I'm not expecting a blowout at all. I haven't looked at what the line is. Like I said, the the only the one thing that really worries me or concerns me is just the inside presence that Carolina has. I mean, Baycott's just – I mean, like I said, he is a big old boy. But then Brady Mannix, a guy who I haven't even talked about yet. I mean, Brady Mannix transferred from Oklahoma. 
he can shoot a little bit, but he's also, you know, like 6'10", he's long, he can play in the post. Um, they got the Garcia kid that transferred from Marquette that's really good. Justin McCoy, who hadn't really played that much for them and hadn't really done a ton yet, transferred from Virginia, but he's obviously another high major recruit. Um, I mean, they're, they're UNC. They're loaded, you know, top to bottom. You know, but but they do not there. have the NCAA leading scorer from last season who only played in six games, and that's John Meeks. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're not the the same UNC team that you're you know used to seeing in the past with the hands pros of the world and and mm. some of those guys um uh, but they're they're loaded and um i love that's why i kind of love this charleston team is you see the way we play and the, you know kind of four out one in you got like a point forward and in, in meeks and tucker's playing the way he's playing you look at any game on our schedule or, or any team in the country maybe outside of like the gonzagas of the world and you think we can we can go in there and play with these guys like we can yeah. score the ball. We're rebounding well. We're, you know, really aggressive on defense. I, you know, I, I think this is going to be a, a tough game that's that's down to the wire. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a five to ten point game one way or the other. And if, if we can stay hot offensively, I think we definitely have a shot at, at beating these guys. I mean, you get them, it's going to be an unbelievable crowd. I think students will probably be yep. louder than they've, they've ever been. Everybody's going to be hyped up. I mean, it's it's going to be a big game. I'm so amped. We're, we're both going to be in attendance. It is going to be a rocking atmosphere. We already knew it was going to be a sellout, which yeah. we didn't mention early sellout for that game. And we saw what the students did in that SC state opener and, and keeping that up for three, three long games. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to watch it. Anything you want to, you want to leave us with? No, I think that's about it. Obviously playing the, the three games back to back to back. I'm a little concerned about our legs. Um, you know, because you've got today and tomorrow essentially to rest them. Obviously, they'll be doing just walkthroughs, nothing crazy. But I'm 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 really excited for this. I mean, it's this is the first big game in a while. You I mean, probably since Jarrell and Grant and all those guys are around that we're you know going to it like, hey, we've we've got a chance to to beat these guys. I mean, we've we, there's there's definitely a chance to go in there and beat these guys. They've got to come uh, to the greatest environment. Uh, in the southeast to play and uh, I'm, I'm excited I'm really excited to see the students because they were obviously great all weekend but now you get this huge game sell out it's it's going to be rocking in there like I'm I just can't wait to to be there and soak it all in and it uh, it feels like Charleston basketball is back and and where it should be right now not too many CAA teams are hosting ACC powers no. and even less so are going in with like oh, this is going to be a competitive game. It's usually, you know, yeah. some bye game or whatever where they're playing like a bad Elon team in yeah. at Elon or something like that or bad UNCW team. But no, you said it, man. It's going to be awesome. Hope to see a lot of the fans there. Hopefully you already got your ticket. Otherwise, I don't know how you're getting in. Uh, <laughs> students, be loud. Impact the game like Kelsey's been saying. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. Can't wait for the game. Yeah, let's do it. Can't wait to see it. Be uh, be excited to see what we can do, and uh, hopefully we're we're hopping on here again talking about Cougars being four and zero at that point. HB, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man.